Say, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the Crafted, Crafted Podcast. Podcast. What's up, world? Thank you guys for tuning in to our new week and our new episode. Yes, and our new episode. How many episodes are we in? This is episode 22. 22? That's pretty yeah. cool. Like, you know, that's pretty consistent. Yep, we almost halfway through a year. 52 weeks in a year, and we're almost at that mark. So that's, that's pretty good. Crazy. Because I feel like a lot of people, It's actually, it's really interesting because, you know, we're coming up on New Year's, the new year. And um, everybody makes, like, resolutions and, like, the statistics of, like, people that start stuff in the beginning of the year. And then, like, they just end and drop off within the, within the end of the first month. It's a wild statistic. But the fact that we've made it here 22 weeks, like, that's 22 weeks. We haven't missed a week. Right? That's almost a habit. Yeah, or that is a cons- habit, right? How many times do to make a habit? 21? Is it? I don't know. I think, I you know so. how you, it might be one of those hocus pocus things that people make up. No, no, no. I've heard it before. Like, I, I've, I've, I've heard it in a couple of, like, audiobooks I've listened to, too, about making a habit. Oh, I, believe okay. it's, I believe it's 21. Speaking right. of habits, Atomic Habits... Is a really good book. Uh huh. You should listen to it. Okay. Okay, I'll check that one out. I'm right now. I'm listening to Trevor Noah's book. Oh. So. That's cool. It's a pretty good read. Pretty pretty interesting. His his life. It's interesting hearing the life of people that, because Trevor Noah, I think right like right now, especially like in pop culture, like he's more known for, um, like you know what he's done in America. But he's straight up from South Africa. Wow, and, and I've so, never heard of him before. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, he's a comedian. You heard his voice before. Uh, well, actually, well, yeah, you heard his voice before in Black Panther. He voices the AI technology in Black Panther, the robot or the the art the artificial intelligent voice that's talking back to Shuri in huh. Black Panther. Anyway. Huh. Interesting. But anyway. So, let's do our week check-in. How how has your week been? My week has been good. Our pre-order books just came in. So, I'm so excited about that. They mm-hmm. look so good in person. And I I don't know what exactly I expected, but this exceeded my expectations. So, I'm really happy. I'm high off of that. Um, but my week so far, I mean... We're recording on a different day today, so the week has oh, just gotten yeah, started. Week has just started yeah. I am busy, busy, busy. I'm cranking out some reports this week, some high profile reports. And well, stuff, I guess so. then. How was your weekend? How was My your weekend? Was good. How your How's your week been since I guess the yeah, other weekend started? Yeah, it's been <laughs> good. And Josie's birthday is um, on Tuesday, and so that's really exciting. And so my little sugar booger, she's gonna be three. So I don't know. I feel like this is a good week so far. Mhm. Yeah, same. Same. My week has been the same. We just had a we had a busy weekend of just parties or or not well not necessarily well yeah parties I guess celebrating birthdays. We celebrate your mom's birthday. Yeah, shout out to my mom. Uh huh. Then we celebrated our we did a first the first half of our daughter's celebration. We went to like a little kitty amusement park. I sounded like I was from Boston when I said shout out to my mom. <laughs> 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 that's funny you but yeah my week has been straight so that's cool no complaints there no complaints there well, all right let's move right along let's go ahead and get into our you know what i you know what i noticed when i was listening back to our podcast what i normally do the random facts first and then i do like our let's get deep question last week i did our let's get deep question first and our and then my and then my random facts huh 
Nobody probably noticed, but I just noticed. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Because I was just listening back and I was like, oh, how did I do that? But anyway, random fact of the day today. Well, first off, what if you had to pick your what's your favorite planet in our solar system and why? Earth, because I live on it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess it's yeah, a valid that's my favorite Earth. planet because Earth, because I live Earth on it. because you live on it. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Favorite. Short, short and sweet. Yeah. I would have to probably say mine is Mars. And why mine is Mars is because there's just so much mystique around Mars, you know? There's so much of, like... Well, I mean, there's so much of mystique around all the planets because we've never been to any of them. Right. Uh, except um, foot on any of them. But I, Mars in particular because Mars has just been so coveted, like, in science fiction movies or science fiction books. Like, you know, it's the closest planet to us. And it's just like, oh, the search for life. If there was life somewhere else, it would probably be there. You know what I mean? Because it's the closest to us and it's probably the most habitable out of all the other planets in our solar system. Um, wow, that's a lot of jibba jabba. Yeah. But anyway, that's been my favorite. That, that's probably my favorite. But anyway, okay. why I actually. Oh, like, I have a favorite. What? Uranus. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, you walked right into that joke. <laughs> but anyway, why I actually. What was your favorite planet is because our random fact today has to deal with the planet. Okay. And it deals with the planet Venus. Okay. Venus is the second and planet. Serena. Yeah, Venus is the second planet from the <laughs> he, sun. He don't he don't like my dad jokes. <laughs> what? What you be talking about? <laughs> Did you know that Venus is the only planet in our solar system that actually spins clockwise? No, I didn't know that they even spin. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, every every planet revolves. Our our planet revolves. I don't I don't know what I thought. I just I kind of don't just think about space. Oh. But that's interesting. Yeah, so every other planet revolves counterclockwise. Our 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 uh, Venus um, revolves clockwise. Uh huh. And so, here's another fact about Venus. On Earth, it takes a our full day. In Earth days, uh-huh. is only oh yeah to for a full day. In Earth days, <laughs> in days. Yeah. Okay. A day. Yeah. A day on Earth is only twenty four hours. Uh huh. Right. You know what a day, how long a day lasts on Venus? Uh, 20 minutes. No. A day is 243 Earth days. Wow. That's how long a day lasts so on Venus. So that's like when the sun, well, I don't know, listen. No, a day, a day is a full revolution of the planet. So if you hold, held a ball in your hand and you, and you marked one spot, a day uh-huh. would be... If you spin that ball in your hand, how long it takes to get back to that one spot? Wow. So it takes four, four, 243 days. Now, here's the interesting part. Okay. A day on Venus lasts longer than a year on Venus. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> I try okay. to think. So a day, like I said, is 243 Earth days. Uh-huh. That's how many. That's how long it takes for Venus to make a full revolution. Okay. But a year in our in Earth time, a year is three hundred sixty five days, and we calculate that year by how long it takes the planet Earth to revolve around the Sun. Okay. A full revolution around the Sun, and so Venus revolves so slowly that it actually only takes two hundred twenty five days for Venus to make a full circle around the Sun. But for Venus to make a full revolution, which would be day and night, it's 243 days. So if, for example, if we were to live on Venus 
in order for us to see a sunset, we usually see a sunset within a 12 hour period. We wake up like at seven in the, seven in the morning, the sun will start to set about, you know, six and then it'll be a full sunset at about seven. So in a 12 hour period. Okay. Since Venus, the day lasts 243 days, it takes about a hundred and a and 117 days for it to, for the sun to set. Wow. That's wild. Those are facts I never needed to know. That, but that's interesting. That is, that's 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 something you're gonna remember. I won't remember that because okay. I, I it kind of confused <laughs> me. I'm not gonna lie. I just feel like a little more confused than when I started. <laughs> well, well, but I do appreciate that you know that. Yeah, well, to, I must say to throw you off. Yeah, every planet in our solar system, no planet. Well, the the closest planet that makes a revolution like us is Mars. Mars is a little bit longer than us, though, but. Like I said, we we have a twenty four hour day period and we have a three hundred and sixty five year period. Um, but every planet they're different; they have different cycles. Of course, well, Pluto isn't because uh, really officially considered a planet anymore. But of course, Pluto will have the longest revolution to make a year because it's the furthest out. Well, things I never needed to know, but now I know for tonight and we'll forget by tomorrow <laughs> all right well let's move on to our let's get deep question and today's let's get deep question it says what is something that makes zero sense to you other than this random fact i just told you <laughs> <laughs> i actually wasn't gonna say that i had to think um something that makes zero sense to me is um i don't know i have to think about that that's a good one you tell me yours first Okay, mine is, well, I actually have two. I got one serious one, and I got one, like, playful one. Okay. So you want the serious one first or the playful one first? The playful one. The playful one is, it makes zero sense to me when parents buy their kids, like, designer shoes or, like, Jordans and stuff like that. And I'm talking about kids that are, like, eight and below. Like, okay. get your kids some light-up shoes or get them them Spider-Man shoes that they really <laughs> Call want. Call it a day. Yeah, like, I hate, I hate that. Like, your kid do not want to be dressed up in Jordans and true religion. Like, they want Spider-Man shoes and a Paw Patrol shirt. That's funny. <laughs> I kind of feel like because, uh, well, parents, they, you know, you kind of indoctrinate your kids to everything anyways. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those kids are taught to like Nike and all that kind of stuff. We could teach our kids to like anything, though, you know, kind of. Yeah, but, but you like... should let them be individuals and let them like what they like, kind of. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, eventually, like I said, once you once kids get older and they get like friends, of course, they're going to get like into the circles of like, oh, you got on Nikes or oh, you got on Jordans. Then they'll decide that for themselves. But eight and below, get them the Spider-Mans, get them the light ups, get them the Buzz Lightyears or whatever it is and give them a Paw Patrol shirt and a Minecraft sweater. They don't want to be rocking true religion and, and <laughs> you know, a little bape hoodie. They don't care about that. That's funny. But now that was my playful one. My serious one, though, what I really don't understand is, is or what I makes zero sense to me is people that become Debbie dads. And why that just makes zero sense to me is because, like, I just don't understand how you can have a child, then look at that child. You know how cute babies be. Like, you just see a baby, it's just so cute, and that's your baby, and then you just, it's not in that baby's life. Like, that just trips me out, yeah. how that how that's just possible. It makes sense to me, because having kids is hard work, so. 
But no, I a mean, baby, a baby ain't even that hard work. Now these they they be crying a lot. You yeah, have to stay up do. all night. They are cute. Don't get me wrong. But it having children is a lot of work. So I could totally, I mean, it's horrible. But I could totally see how people skip out, moms and dads. They be like. Okay. And make, that's and that's the part that really makes zero sense to me because naturally moms kind of do most of the work, you know, unless you're an actual trying to be a good dad and you're trying to do stuff. Like when when kids are babies, moms are holding a baby, breastfeeding the baby, you know, they're with the baby the majority of the time. So you as the dad, it's like, what's hard? <laughs> Probably dealing with the woman and her hormones and all that stuff. But anyways, that is crazy, though. It is absolutely crazy. So what makes zero sense to me is that um, the maternity leave in America is six weeks. Like, what? That's crazy. But like in Canada and Europe and stuff, they have like a whole year. And then we wonder why the postpartum anxiety and depression rates are so high in America. And then we also wonder why... Some of these kids are cuckoo crazy. And then we also wonder why, you know, why we're seeing a um, an increase in negative behaviors in children and stuff like that. You know, it's like society's not really meant for um, both parents to be working like that and to not be able to attach to their baby um, in the proper way and, and for a proper amount of time, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That is crazy, though. We are far behind the curve. But there are some companies in America that are actually trying to change that tide. And it's more so more of, like, the progressive thinking, like, tech tech companies, the younger companies. Like, I know Netflix um, Netflix gives a whole year of paid maternity leave. Good for them. Now, Honestly, but, that's amazing. Yeah, but, you know, like I said, just like you said, but every other company in America, they follow in suit with, like, federal law. They say, get that their, six You weeks. know, yeah, their state regulations, so... That's that's wild. Okay. All right. So let's get into our forever segment. And so I kind of wanted to do like a fun, you know, loose type type of topic. I mean, it can get serious. But do you remember on Instagram when I used to post a question of the day every day? Mm-hmm. So I used to do that. So I'm just going to go through a few and we're just going to answer based on what we think. Oh, also, by the way, um, our people who are listening, our listeners, don't I sound a little bit better? I mean, from last week, that was crazy. So I just wanted to say that I sound better. Okay. So our question, don't be a hater, babe. You say, all right, like you're happy for me. Okay. Okay. I'm ecstatic for you. Thank you. Okay. So the first question of the day or the first question from question of the day is what is the bigger challenge for you dwelling in the past or worrying about the future uh the biggest the biggest challenge for me is probably worrying about the future yeah like i mean and and i say that because we've kind of changed like i felt like or i've changed because i felt like i used to have a trouble with dwelling in the past but I've gotten to a point now that I've gotten every year that I get older, I just kind of have to let go of the past. There's really nothing I can change about the past. Absolutely. I can only, you know, put my best foot forward and worry about the future and make better decisions or better choices to align my future, or to set a proper foundation for my future to flourish. Yeah, I agree. So I'm the same. I'm a worrier about the future. I don't really dwell on the past because I could care less. Like it already happened. Party mm. over, you know? 
Um, and okay, so the next one would be, would you rather work a job you absolutely hate making an amazing salary or work a job you love and make a livable salary? Mm, the love, the job I love. Yeah. While same. I do love money, oh, I love having money. <laughs> I'm it's rolling. So just, it's so good. It's so warm. Um, <laughs> while I do love having money, I really love like following my heart, following my dreams. Like, you know, I'm a graphic designer. Most people know I'm a graphic designer, and um, I love doing graphic design. You know, it's a, it's a real passion for me. But really, like my number one passion is just music. We already know you a music <sighs> head. Man, like if I could just have a livable job surrounded by anything with music, whether it's me making music, whether it's me curating music, whether it's me reviewing and giving my opinion on music, like I would do that in a heartbeat just for a livable wage. What's what's considered a livable wage to you? Well, we in California, so $100,000. What? A year. <laughs> That's livable. <laughs> they so, said it was a statistic so that came said, out said the so if they said you could be a music man for <laughs> a music man a music man for sixty thousand dollars you would decline no that's i mean that's that's kind of livable yeah so you would say yes yeah okay how about fifty thousand i'm just trying to see how low you could go well, I need to, I'm just, livable means, like, I need to have a, I need just to have a. Just give me the number. You don't even got to give the explanation. Well, that's what I'm saying. It depends. I just need enough money to be able to pay for my mortgage, pay for my kids' daycare, make sure we got food to eat. So how much is that? Whatever it is. I guess it would be like 60000 right now. But So that's said, the minimum you'd be willing to take. So you wouldn't take 50000 <laughs> Well, they said in California <laughs> right now, $50,000, $100,000 today Used to be fifty thousand dollars. What a couple years ago. So that's why I said a hundred. That's why I said a hundred thousand dollars. So would you take fifty thousand dollars? Is if, the question. Yeah. If I. You know that scripture in the Bible that's like, Lord, would you save just one person? Yeah. Like, but you said you said livable wage. I need to be able to live. Okay, so would you take fifty thousand? Yes yeah, if, or no? If I can live off of that, yes. I'm talking about right now, this day. Yeah, right now, this day. If I'm able to live. Okay. How about forty thousand? I'm not able to, I'm probably okay, not able so, to live on 40000 So $50,000 is your minimum. No, it's just a li- the livable wage is my minimum. I just don't understand why you won't give a straightforward answer. <laughs> because okay. yeah, based on my, li- based on expenses, my living expenses, that's the livable wage. Okay, babe. Okay. So y'all see what I'm dealing with? Like the man just would not answer the question. It's like yeah, a I, number. You give said, you number. said, you, I gave you the first number. I said $100,000. But I want was, to know the minimum the minimum? The minimum you would take. Yeah, be then it'd be like $50,000. Okay, thank you. Wow, that was like pulling teeth, guys. Okay, next question. Which is better, Chick-fil-A or In-N-Out? Chick-fil-A. <laughs> we gotta finish that question. You know, it's funny. I have, I should have gave you the um, results because I still have the um, the percentage for all the questions. So most people actually said in and out and I'd have to agree with them. And 53% of people said in and out 47% said Chick-fil-A. So oh, we already asked this question. We'll go to the next one. Okay. Your three-year-old brings back their hand and slaps you in the face because they were mad. You tell them to stop and they do it again. Pow, pow or no pow, pow. Oh, it's pow pow. I'm a pow pow them to the atmosphere. You have a three year old right now. 
No, I'm a gentle parent. I'm gonna just grab <laughs> no, him you're up. A, and, you're an authoritative parent. I'm gonna just grab him up and send him in a give him a reset. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. If someone slaps me in the face as I'm mad, I'd probably grab their hand. Probably, I might have to do a little pinch. I ain't gonna lie to you. Mm. But eighty three percent of people said pow pow. <laughs> that was eighty three percent of the people probably on there was raised in the nineties. Yeah, probably. Okay, so the next one. If your brother or sister cannot have kids and they ask you for your sperm or egg so the baby can have part of their DNA and they can carry the baby and raise the baby as their own, would you do it? Yes. You would? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I would too. But they asked you for your sperm, so. No, nah, yeah. I wouldn't do it because cause that's your baby technically. Yeah, well, it's only gonna be my baby if they say this. If they, if but if your they DNA. The, yeah, but I shared DNA with my siblings already. I don't know, cause that's literally you. That's half you. Your characteristics, your traits, your looks. Yeah, that's fine. Nah, I'd probably say no, honestly, mm. because, I mean, I would carry a baby for them, but I don't know if I'm giving up my egg because, I I just can't part from any of my children, like. But I don't know. Maybe I would. I don't know. That's a hard one for me, honestly. Yeah, there'd be so many, like, you hear, like, so many, well, I haven't heard any recently, but you hear so many stories of, like, families where the, or it'd be a lot in, like, the movies, where, like, the daughter gets raised, and they've been, you know, she has, like, her favorite auntie, and then it turns out now the daughter's 25, and the person <laughs> that's her favorite auntie is actually her mom, and the mom be like, yeah, I had you when I was 17, and I just didn't know what to do, and so, you know, my older sister just raised you as her own. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay, so... Should an 11-year-old have social media sites like no. Snapchat and stuff, Facebook? Nah. I think, yeah, like, social media has just become just, it's become just something else, you know? It's become so convoluted. I just wanted to use that word. So <laughs> what? It's just become, like, there's really no, like, when social media first started, like, when we first had MySpace... There really wasn't any filter then, but people wasn't really doing crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, now on social media, like, people are just, they're posting things from just beating up people to sexually explicit stuff. It's almost like soft porn on, like, on certain social media sites. And then there's just open to just certain influences that are just crazy. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, social media is... Social media is not bad. It's, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't give me the same warm feeling when I have me a top eight. I'm rolling. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a little bit too young, but I don't know what. Now, like a little caveat question: um, What age would do you think is a right age for social media for our own children? <laughs> I'd probably. I think... I'd probably say like thirteen or. 14 really i want to say 14 but i remember not being allowed to have social media and i was like 13 and i used to be so mad and we snuck and had it anyways because mm. you know that's what kids do they go get on their friend's ipad and start them an account anyways yeah i was gonna say like something like sophomore year i would think sophomore year yeah because like once you first get into high school you're still kind of 
like you're still getting kind of ingrained so into yeah you're still kind of getting ingrained into like what you know what high school is i guess you could do freshman year too or whatnot but yeah anything below that like middle school elementary that's an that's an absolute no yeah i mean really i would want to have them to have it never but that's just you know unrealistic yeah. but okay so next question Ooh, this is a good one your best friend has been dating their boyfriend or girlfriend for one year and the boyfriend or girlfriend was paralyzed completely in an accident. What do you encourage them to do? Stay, ride or die, or leave short relationship? Well, it's never ride or die because ride or die is only reserved for marriage. And if y'all just boyfriend and girlfriend, that's not marriage. So that's that <laughs> bottom line. Now, you know, the good, the right thing to do the is, right of course, I mean, you know, the good hearted thing to do is, of course, stay. <laughs> But then again, we go back to you're not married. So especially if you're young, I mean, it's unfortunate that happened. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate that happened. But you're not bound by any, you're not bound by any, you know, law of the land that says you need to stay, nor biblically. You know what I mean? Like I said, you're not, you're not married to this person. I'm rolling. You know, just so you would encourage them to leave? I wouldn't encourage them to leave, but I wouldn't encourage, would you encourage them, them to stay. I wouldn't encourage them to stay because they feel bad. <laughs> you know, people will people will people will stay in situations because they feel bad about something. Oh, I can't do that. Well, I can't leave. You, you know how I many people I talk to that are in jobs that they hate and sometimes even get an opportunity to go somewhere else, but then they'd be like, well, I can't leave here because if I leave, then da-da-da-da-da. Like, that's not your problem. You know, some people don't even take vacations because they'd be like, well, I can't take a vacation because if I take a vacation, then they're going to be short-staffed. How's that your problem? You get vacation time, like... That. Put put that vacation time in, but anyway, back to that. Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't encur- I wouldn't encourage them to leave, but I wouldn't, but I would encourage them to not stay if you just know, because just because they feel bad. I would I would encourage them to do based on how they treated you. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, if they I mean, were treated you good, then bye bye, good luck and God bless, sir. Yeah. You know, like, I'm sorry to you. I'm sorry to that man. But if they treated you like, you know, so good and you guys were planning on getting married and, you know, all that kind of good stuff, then okay. But if they was weren't that great, then I'm sorry. Bye-bye. Deuce, deuce. Good luck with your new life. You know, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> mm. But yeah. Okay, let's do one more. Mm-hmm. Okay, last one. Is Oh, and by the way, on that one... Uh, 88% of people said stay, ride or die. Okay. The last one. Is it okay for a parent to leave their kids ages 3, 2, and 1 in an air-conditioned car footsteps away where they can see them while they run in the store for less than five minutes? Footsteps away? Footsteps away where they can see them while they run in the store for five Mm. minutes. Kids ages... Three, two, and one. Well, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> well, here's another random fact. Um, you know that sub, not Subway, 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven, if you're walking to a 7-Eleven, you, you, you realize that 7-Eleven has big, giant windows and that the cashier, the where, the, where you pay, is right by the door. 7-Eleven is actually designed for people to drive up, park their car right in front of 7-Eleven, 
and they can leave their kids in the car because they can see them through the windows. Okay. That was the that was the actual meaning for why Seven Eleven is built the way it's built. Uh-huh. And so in a Seven Eleven scenario, like I could I can understand why a person would do that, and I wouldn't fault them for doing that. But in this day and age, bruh, probably not. Not even just because of the heat, but just because of people. Like I was watching a video of a lady dropping off some food, delivering for Uber Eats. Uh-huh. She stepped out of her car, left her car running, went to go put the food on the porch, and somebody jumped in their car and just drove off. Was her kid in the car? Well, no, she didn't have a kid in the car, but just imagine. You know what I mean? She got yeah. a little baby in the back seat sleeping, and some idiot then drove off with a car. And what really made this video worse is the lady that came out the house to get the food. She go ask the lady, do you know that person? Like, girl, <laughs> come, she yelling in the street saying they stole their car, and you going to ask her, do you know who that person is? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah i'm gonna have to say no like even me um if i have to do get something like the kids are asleep or something like that well when they were little i would just kind of go straight home and then just wait and then go back out later rather okay. than leaving them in there 7-eleven like if it's like if i need to if i can get an actual front parking spot like i mean like right in front of the door and, like, let's say I need to buy, I don't know, get, a, like, a charger cord that's usually at the front of the counter. And I'm standing in line at the front of the counter, then I might do it. But, yeah, nah. Okay. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just go home and then wait later. Yeah, I never left my kid. Well, that young, I'd never leave them in the car. At this age right now, like, we have a seven-year-old, we have a six-year-old, we have a two-year-old. I left my seven-year-old in the car before now. But, like, maybe twice. And it's because she asks, you know? I always ask them, do you want to get out? If it's a short time. But, you know, other than that, you got to get out. But a three, two, and one-year-old, I'd never leave them in the car for anything. Not, literally not for anything ever. So, yeah. hmm Yeah, that's just me, though. So, let's get into our Roots and Bloom parenting parenting so we're going to continue our conversation from last time and so our first annoying behavior that kids do is interrupting for today and so why kids interrupt you is because they lack that impulse control and you know they're also excited and eager to share whatever they're thinking or whatever you know mm-hmm. and so um Impulse control usually improves around age four to five. And as a parent, what we need to do is teach patience, turn taking, and really provide that positive reinforcement for waiting their turn. But like anything else, you know, we need to correct it every time or you're going to have that issue over and over again. How do you feel about kids interrupting? Bruh. Our kids is famous for that, especially Autumn. We, me and you could be having a straight on conversation. Me looking at you in your eye, you looking at me in my eye, straight up talking in mid conversation. And Autumn will literally come up and be like, oh, today I did blah, blah, blah. Like, girl, you don't see us talking. I know. That's funny. <laughs> but you know what I notice? You interrupt them when they're talking to me. So they probably do the same thing you do. Oh, <laughs> but it's probably because you're like i'm the adult i don't yeah, care yeah i supersede <laughs> but you know i don't know though they do, they do behavior 
maybe, but they do interrupt a lot though overall. Like, well, it's know, like they just lack the. I don't know. It's almost like they lack. I, maybe that it's self awareness. De- yeah, it's like a develop. Yes, yeah, it's a developmental thing. They just lack like. Okay, I see them talking, so I'm gonna wait till they stop, and then I'll ask my question. Yeah, that's they just the, say, "Let me ask my question." Yeah, but that's supposed to improve around four to five, so we're doing something then wrong. What's up with them? No, it's what's up with us. Uh, any any behavior, it's because it's we've reinforced it. You know. Uh huh. So we probably stop and answer them sometimes, or you know, whatever. Okay. The next behavior is refusing to share. So obviously a lot of toddlers and preschoolers are doing that, but toddlers and preschool, they're, they don't really understand the concept of ownership. You know what I mean? And so that's why like a three-year-old has difficulty sharing and they don't, you know, they don't understand like this is for that person, that is for this person. And also they want to assert control. They want to show that they have some type of control over something. Mm. And so kids usually improve with their sharing around three and four. And also we could, um, we can, as parents, we can encourage sharing, but we also have to teach kids how to respect other people's boundaries. Cause like, what do you think? Do you think a kid should have to share about, what do you think about that? Like, should kids have to share? Um, that's a loaded question. Yeah. It's kind of, cause it's interesting because anything that I think about my kids, I always think about preparing them for like the outside world, the real world. You know what I mean? Like when, for when they get older, and because when we get older, there are certain things that we have to share, but then there are certain things that are just our own. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, like right now, like in my, I have a giant office, but I have to share that office with some of my coworkers. Okay. You know what I mean? And share that space. But I do have my own stuff like on my desk that I'm like, no, I don't need to like, this is my, like, this is my area. This is my <laughs> space. This is my yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why it's kind of like a double edged kind of sword. Like. They you you want to I, I feel like you want to teach them how to share because you want to raise a person that is kind of giving you know yeah, what I mean and generous loving yeah, caring compassionate you know, and not be so selfish or a hog a hog you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah because not honestly like when I be looking at like certain celebrities I just be thinking I'm to myself like yeah when I look at certain celebrities I just like just off their characteristics and. How they are, I could just be. I just always, I go back to that. Actually, I'd be like, he was probably just raised and just he just was probably given everything and just felt entitled and never was taught to share, and that's why he's kind of so stuck up in his ways now. Then you have other you have other celebrities that are like more generous, more they they have a more philanthropic mind set. You know what I mean? And you can tell like those people like, huh. They were probably raised to share and be loving and be generous. Yeah, Damn. that's true. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm both ways as well. Like with some things, I think it's important to share. I think it's you just have to like, it, it's kind of hard to determine when you need to tell your kids to share and when not to share. Like on their birthday, you know, when they get a whole bunch of gifts and stuff and your siblings want to play with your gifts. I know sometimes we tend to have a rule like, you, you know, they don't have to share their toys for like the first couple of days while they're, you know, they're getting used to their toys and stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes I'm, I don't know. This is this is an interesting topic. Like, I feel like we could do a whole episode on sharing. But yeah, so I don't know. I guess I'm still I'm still determining 
where I, where my opinion is on that subject, on that topic. But yeah, let's go into the next one is back talk or disrespect. Ooh, the famous back talking, the famous disrespectful talking, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So that is usually with school age children, teenagers. So about five is when they really start learning how to talk back. Six and seven, we're really, we're in it at seven, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Man, I'm from Boston again, aren't we? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they do that to test boundaries, but not only to test boundaries, they're also asserting their independence. So a lot of it is about feeling that own control, like not having control over anything and showing you that they are their own person with their own mind and their own thoughts and all of that good stuff. And so the age they outgrow it, unfortunately, it can decrease in late adolescence, but sometimes it'll increase as well. And so our parental response, your response may be like, oh, you don't be talking to me like that and all that kind of stuff, which you could um, assert the boundary, mm-hmm. like no problem with doing that. But the most important thing is to model that communication. Yeah. You know, that's what the most important thing is. You can't be talking crazy to them and expect them to talk nice to you, you know? And to have clear expectations, clear boundaries, and immediately address the disrespectful behavior with calm consequences. If you're yelling and being disrespectful, then you kind of defeated the purpose in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you're just reinforcing the behavior. Yeah, well, yeah, that, but you're also showing them how. <laughs> yeah, how I'm to saying, act, like you you're know? reinforcing it by saying, oh. So this is how I'm supposed to be doing it. Yeah, exactly. And so it's kind of funny because, you know, that's one of our triggers. We don't like a lot of disrespect or a lot of back talk. And listen, we, I'm the sarcastic queen. Okay. Listen, um, we could, we could go blow for blow with the, with the verbal aggression. Yeah. Even, you know, with a seven year old and a six year old, but that is not the way to necessarily do it. But I think another important thing, too, when it comes to, like, disrespect, especially on our on the parent side, is we have to really think about and really be, you know, aware of, like, what we actually deem as disrespectful. Because most of us that grew up in, like, that 90s parenting style, we just deem, like, if I tell a kid something and a kid, like, questions it, that that's automatically disrespectful. Yeah, that's and you, true. And you got to have that boundary to allow your kid to express questions, like, to ask why or to ask you know just to ask any questions because again that goes back to preparing them for the real world like i don't want my daughters to grow up and just because a man tells them they need to do something they just say oh okay i guess i gotta do it no you need to question you need to question like okay why am i doing this or what do you need why do you need me to do that you know what i mean yeah i think it helps them to have a voice and really advocate for themselves yeah absolutely and it's the bet you're the best place for your child to practice their advocacy skills you know if they could advocate for themselves against their parent then they could advocate for themselves against anybody you know so i do think that's really important um the next annoying trait or not i i don't want to say annoying but the next trait is procrastination so this is usually older children and teenagers and they procrastinate due to basically their executive functioning skills not being like fully developed yet. 
and they don't really understand time management the way that they're supposed to yet. And so executive functioning is basically how you organize, how you plan, how you manage your time, how you get things done. And so you typically outgrow that as your maturity increases and as you learn how to manage your time. And if um, you have a child that is having difficulty with that, what you have to do is none other than teach them. You have to teach them the time management skills. Mm-hmm. Everything is teach them, you know? <laughs> everything is. Like we always say, you literally have to teach your child everything. And another thing you can do is break the task into smaller steps and show them. And you can ask them, like, what is the first step? What do you need to do next? What do you need to do next? You know? And you provide them guidance without being controlling because as soon as kids feel control, then they want to fight against you. They want to, you know, get all hard against you. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so I think I will do the last. There's three more. One of them doesn't really matter. So we'll do the last two. So one is impulsivity. And so obviously that's common in preschoolers, school age children. And that's because they're developing that self-control and they're developing the, the impulse control. And so it improves usually with uh, brain development. So mm-hmm. around age six or seven, you should expect your kids to be less impulsive. Not impulsive free, <laughs> but less impulsive. And so what do you think about that, babe? I mean, that's good because I feel like, man, well, I just can't wait to get there because kids just be <laughs> doing stuff just to do, not to be like, did you think about before you did that? Yeah. And be like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, we've been working on stop, think, and act. And it's so funny because August came home and told me, I stopped, think, and act today, Mom. I stopped, think, and act. So I think that's so funny. But yeah, you know, you, really, my mom was a teaching mom. She was always trying to teach a lesson. Mm-hmm. And I really respect her for that now. And so, you know, that that should be something that we also do. We should always be trying to either love on our kids or teach our kids something. Love or teach. Love and teach. Love and teach. Not yell. Not demean. Not disrespect. Not punish. But love and teach. Love and teach. Love and discipline and teach. Discipline is teaching, though. So, Yeah. Anyway, so the parental response is consistent expectations, teach self-control, and offer positive reinforcement for demonstrating patience. So, yeah. Mm. And the last one is attention-seeking behavior. So, this can happen in all types of children. You know, a lot of times it's because they are missing out on that attention And they really outgrow it as they develop a stronger sense of self-esteem. So when they realize, like, I don't need the attention from, you know, everyone, you know, I am happy with myself. I'm fulfilled in myself. I can't, you know, I don't need that attention necessarily. Then, you know, it'll decrease. So our parental response is to give positive attention for positive behaviors and really encourage open communication. So talk to your kid. Why are you doing this? You don't need the attention. You know, I, or I know you feel like you need the attention, but how about you do this instead, you know? And also teach alternate ways to express their needs. So it kind of goes into the communication. But, you know, I've taught my kids to literally say, I need a hug. I want attention, please. Can you give me some attention? And they will literally ask me. 
And so, you know, all the time I'm not really wanting to give it, but you know, it's better than, than doing an attention seeking behavior. So, yeah. Yeah. So that is it. Any questions, comments, concerns, insults? Have you ever heard people say that? Questions, <laughs> insults? comments, concerns, insults. Somebody, one of my uh, teachers or something used to say that. Oh, he thought he was the funniest person in the world probably for that, huh? He might as well have put Bueller at the end of that, too. <laughs> I'm rolling. You know what's funny right now? We're both laid back. Our eyes are so low. <laughs> my eyes are naturally low, but I'm not tired, actually. Boy, you look t- This Those will be his famous last words. He always talking about he's not tired, y'all. And then will literally be sleeping like like two minutes yeah. he will be the first one to sleep here mouth open drooling and snoring yeah i mean that's the majority of the time but i took some ca- i had some caffeine so oh so you up and you up and at him yeah i mean i up and at him but you know i got a little bit of energy so i'm rolling well i got like uh eats of energy you know what an eats is no that's not a measurement <laughs> of anything an eats. eats i got a little give me eatsy. an eats <laughs> what <laughs> a little eatsy weetsy energy <laughs> That's fun. Did you know that Jiffy, a Jiffy, here's another random fact. Did oh you know that, my did you know God. That, did you know that Jiffy is actually a measurement? Yeah. A Jiff? <laughs> yeah, you do it in a Jiff. <laughs> like, it's a fraction of a second or something like that. Yeah. It's a GIF. I believe it. Anyway. That's what that, oh, uh, well, I guess I didn't really know that, but I figured. So, what's our next segment? Well, let's go ahead and get into our lifestyle segment. Um, today's going to be a little different because. I want to talk about something that that like uh, really triggered me like over the weekend to really like think about and actually look into it because this is something I never really had to deal with. Um, but I want to ask you first: Have you ever had a panic attack, and what do you think triggered it, or have, what did trigger it? I have panic attacks. Uh huh. Occasionally. Okay, give me I like get, give me like one panic attack and what triggered it. And I what, get, like how it made you feel. I have panic attacks. When I'm in the car and all three of my kids are too loud. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what triggered it. Uh-huh. And what was the next question? I was just going to say, like, how does it make you feel? Like, what's It the... makes me feel like I cannot breathe, like I need to escape. Uh-huh. It makes me feel stuck. Mm. It makes me feel panicked, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally panicked. Well, I don't know, but it I It makes me feel itchy or, you know, just like I can't breathe, like. Like something is sitting on your chest. Yeah. So that 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 feeling that you're having is your body just responding uh, autonomously. Like when we have panic attacks, and I researched all this to the uh, today. Um, I was really looking into it because I've never had a panic attack before, and so I've never really felt what it what it feels like. But I've seen people have panic attacks. And I was just curious of like, what exactly is going on inside the brain? What's going on inside the body to make, to, to cause this response? And so what actually triggered it is, um, we said this weekend we had a little celebration for, for our baby, Josie. Um, we went to an amusement park. But after we got done with the amusement park, we went to a pizza parlor um, and had a, you know, a, little, a little pizza lunch there. But there was this girl that was, like, behind the counter. Now, when we got there and ordered, like, it was fine. It was just a regular, like, transaction. You know, what kind of pizza you want, blah, blah, blah. My wife ordered the pizza. And she was fine, right, when you was ordering the pizza? Yeah. Yeah, she seemed fine. Um, she even came over, brought us our pizza. And then she was like, oh, you know what? I got to get you guys plates. Let me go get the plates. How many plates do you want? 
You know, my wife says how many plates we want, and she said, okay, I'll go get the plates. Anyway, was taking her a little, like, while to go get the plates or whatnot. Um, well, actually, no, no, you asked me to get another cup to go get a cup from uh, an extra yeah, get cup. get the plates in the cup. Yeah, an extra cup. Anyway, so when I go over to the counter to go get the actual extra cup, I mean, this girl is just, like, bawling. Like, she's just bawling and, like, crying, just out of control. Like, it's one of them good cries where you just can't even control the cry. You know what <laughs> I mean? And me, like, well, it was interesting because I guess her mom was there. She was sitting directly in the booth behind me, like, the booth that's right across from the counter. And when I walked up and, like, I seen her crying, I was kind of thrown off because I just... It was unexpected for me, but then I just hear her mom in the back, in the back of me, just saying, "It's okay, just go ahead and calm down, just breathe, breathe, you're okay." And while she's saying that, then the girl's like, "Oh, here's your plates," and she just kind of, you know, she points to the plates that are on the counter, and I just grab them and I just, you know, move off, <laughs> you know, come sit back down. And I come to my wife, uh, it was my wife and my my siblings there, and I was like, "Bro, the girl over there was just." Just crying uncontrollably. And so later we found out because my sister went to the bathroom um, and the girl was in the bathroom crying and she started talking to her. And something that happened to her within the day where a customer yelled at her and, you know, she felt like the yelling, the customer yelling at her was like, yeah, it was a trigger, but it was undeserved. So she was, you know, caught off guard by that and then i think a co-worker said something to her as well and anyway that just all turned into like a panic attack for her and so today i was just researching on google and looking up videos on youtube of like what exactly is a panic attack like what exactly is happening this is how he knows random facts y'all because he like literally was inspired by that <laughs> yeah like what exactly is happening because yeah it's, it was really interesting to me like what exactly is happening to your body or to our bodies and to our minds to where we have this 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 feeling or this sensation that we cannot control. Okay, psychologist, that, you better. Yeah, and that it just won't stop. And so I looked it up, and it was interesting too because pretty much what a panic attack is, the overarching theme of it, it's like an uncontrollable fear, and that's the overarching theme of a panic attack. But it's an uncontrolled fear that has kind of like subcategories to it. And so one of the videos I watched, they gave like the top three triggers for like panic attacks. Do you know what the number what one of the, the number one trigger for a panic attack is? Public speaking. Public speaking. Public speaking has like they've they've I guess this these numbers where they got this data from they were surveying people um that have had panic attacks before and they asked them like what you know pretty much what was the number one cause for like a panic attack that you had or a couple of panic attacks you've had. And it's people that have done public speaking, which kind of makes sense to me because for a lot of people uh, that know me personally, um, before I became a graphic designer and doing this podcast, I've, I'm actually a poet as well. So I write poetry and one of my hobbies or, you know, like a low key career, because I used to get paid for it, too. <laughs> was going around and doing spoken word poetry, um, performing in front of crowds anywhere ranging from 100 people to the largest crowd I ever performed in front of was about 2,800 people. Um, but, you know, I've just always been kind of great with, like, public speaking. Like, I don't really... 
I, there's a little bit of nervousness. I think there's a nervousness with any everything. I even read a quote. I have a Kobe Bryant, Bryant book where Kobe Bryant, even, you know, within him, like his 18th year playing basketball, he still had a sense of nervousness, like stepping onto the court. Um, so there's always a little bit of nervousness, but I've never had like an inept fear of just speaking in front of people and reciting these poems. But also in college, I did take a public speaking class. And while I was just a natural at doing that and speaking in front of people, bruh, I remember we had to do a group project one time and I had a, uh, there was a guy on my team. He, anytime he just got in front of people, he couldn't even say his name correctly. He would just start to fold and crumble and turn red. One, one of the projects we did, he just started crying. That sounds like social anxiety though. A lot, of, a lot of people have that too. That's wild. So yeah. So anyway, that was one of the number one triggers. The number two trigger was actually um, a recalling or thinking on past traumas. Yeah, like PTSD. Yeah, so like PTSD. Um, so people would get into like a situation, you know, I don't know if it was, the, I don't know if the girl at the pizza parlor, that might have been a situation where the customer was yelling at her, like a guy was probably yelling at her. And in her mind subconsciously, it was probably calling back to, I don't know, I don't know this for a fact, but this is just an example. Like, let's say if she grew up with like an abusive dad that yelled all the time, that was verbally abusive. You know what I mean? That customer yelling at her subconsciously might have triggered her body to say, oh, this is like the time when your dad used to yell at you and scream at you or whatnot. And so that was the, that was the second number one trigger. I mean, second trigger. Uh-huh. And then the third trigger... The third trigger, which is interesting to me. Spiders? No, the third trigger is actually being anxious about anxiety. (laughs) So in other words, the third, the number, the number three top trigger was actually people, the fear of having a panic attack. So people just sitting there think, like if you've had a panic attack before, you sitting there thinking, I hope I don't have a panic attack or I don't want to have a panic attack. Yeah, and I then can you relate. start you start to dwell on it and it turns into like a snowball. It, it feels like something <laughs> is sitting on your chest. Like even talking about this is like, ooh, this is a lot, you know? Bruh. So yeah, so exact so what happens in your body is that when you're having a panic attack and when you get triggered, so your body, like I said, the overarching theme is fear. Your body it goes into like a, a fight, fight or yeah, flight yeah, fight or flight mode because your body now has this just inept fear of like demise or like that you're that either you're going to stop breathing or you're going to die or something like that and so to combat that your body subconsciously produces more adrenaline and when your body produces more adrenaline it makes your heart beat faster and it also makes you breathe faster so that's why when people have panic attacks they always say i can't can't breathe." breathe yeah so your body is breathing is breathing faster because now it's trying to take in more oxygen so the muscles uh, so the oxygen can get to the muscles to try to relieve the stress in the muscles um to try to kind of calm yourself down but it almost works in reverse because the more you panic the more adrenaline is released the more you breathe the more your heart beats faster and it's just kind of a whirlwind and so like i said i really wanted to research and it was i was interested in this because i've never experienced a panic attack i've never experienced that feeling of like uh just immediate fear or you know like just uncontrollable sensation to just you know combust is <laughs> what one person described it as they were just like i just feel like i'm like i'm just gonna just 
just explode and just set on fire and just perish pretty much. Um, and so that's what really drew me to it because I even thought of you because they were just saying like, even some triggers could be, you know, some days we get home and like the kids just like, I don't know, they just want to touch you and just oh be all goodness. up on you. And you'd be like, I'm kind of touched out. That's actually the beginning stages of like having a panic, panic attack. Yeah. I it's like definitely the really, listen, y'all I already know. I got a couple of screws loose. Okay. Cause I will literally get under a blanket. And so I can't see anything. I need like the lights dimmed. I need like cold air. I need in the car. I have noise canceling headphones so that when, the kids start doing too much. I could just pop my headphones in. Sometimes I walk in the house, walk around the house with headphones in. Mm-hmm. I have like a lot of sensory sensitivities, and so yeah, that totally can trigger a panic attack for me. Right, and see now I don't cry though. Oh yeah, yeah. Some people be crying. I'm a G. <laughs> but that brings me to my to my last point about it too is inside the research um, they were giving out um, like actual tactics to kind of deal with panic attacks or treatments in a sense. And one of the treatments was actually like kind of a deprivation treatment where like when you say you like if you get touched like that you just kind of wrap up in a blanket and put your headphones on. So they've done treatment with people who have like consistent panic attacks where they put them like in a deprivation room where they either blindfold them, put noise canceling headphones over them or they get into like a soundproof room where it's just quiet where they can just only hear their own voice or I mean their own breath. And it kind of calms them down, you know, and they they practice on going through like this sound therapy or deprivation therapy so that when they end out in the real world or in the open and they start to have a panic attack, they can just close their eyes and it kind of brings them back into the sensation of them being like in that deprivation place. So that was one of the treatments. Another treatment was actually like medical treatment, like actually getting on some type of medication to reduce the stress or help with the hormone imbalance that might be, you know. Yeah, come on medicine. Yeah, that might be helping, you know, that might be assisting you and aiding you into, you know, having a panic attack and getting triggered more frequently. It's so wild that people are like anti-medicine and I'm just like, it is no rewards for struggling, okay? Yeah. Literally no rewards. Yeah, and then one of the last streams was just basic tactics like um um you know doing things or finding ways for you to kind of disconnect your mind from what's going on, whether that be a uh, um fidget, a fidget that people get or I love some type of tactic too. like counting backwards or doing finger tapping uh what you know or just standing still and chanting something to yourself over and over like i'm okay i'm okay i'll be okay i'll be okay something like that okay but anyway this was just an interesting thing to me because like i said that just it kind of just threw me off because i never really experienced it you know and like i said i, I see you you know sometimes have you know go through like those kind of pre-flight situations or whatnot listen and... i go through the post-flight pre-flight <laughs> I'm but, just flying, baby. I'm Southwest over here. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that just really interested me. So for everybody out there that's listening, if you've ever had panic attacks, um, yeah, like try one of those three tactics, um, you know that I just that I just named at the end that that could possibly help help you to get that under control. Or try all three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or try all three. Um, yeah, because you just never know. And also, too, another thing is that a lot of people that have panic attacks, they feel like they're alone, but they feel like they're the only person that kind of deals with those type of attacks in a certain way they deal with it, but you're not alone. And there's people all over the world that 
you know, have to do with it. Actually, it's actually it was a statistic that said one in three people will eventually pretty much have a, some type of symptom of a panic attack in their lifetime. Huh. So. Interesting. So, yeah. But anyway, that is the end of our podcast. Um, we again, we just thank you guys for tuning in to us um, this week, every week that you guys listen to us. Um, again, we want to, you know, make clear that our children's book is now out. It is out where dreams may take you. This is a children's book written by me and my wife. Well, written mostly by her. I just helped <laughs> on the design portion and a little bit of the rhyming here and there. Um, but yeah, please check us out. Look us. Um, you can see the link in our description um, on our podcast. Or if you follow us on social media, you can check the links in our bios or on our posts. Um, if you really want to support us and get that book, we appreciate it. We appreciate those that have already either pre-ordered or ordered on Amazon and just supporting the movement, man. Um, we're some young author authors out here and you know, we try and do our thing. So yeah. Also too, I want to bring it to attention because somebody told me like, you never even mentioned when, you know, what the song of the day is or what the film or the show of the week is. So in our sec- description section, again, there's always a link for the song of the week. Cause of course I love music. And um, for either the film or the show of the week that you guys can check out. Uh, so check out that too. You know, you might find something new that you might grow to love. So, but anyways, um, as always, we hope that you guys have a great week. Um, we hope that you guys have a great day if you're listening to this um, today. And we just can't wait for you guys to chill with us next week. So as always, God bless. We'll talk to you next time.